Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast, and this week, big news, college football playoff bracket has been released, but not the one you're thinking of. It's the better one. It's the one that actually runs officially. D1AA, FCS, whatever you want to call them, it has been released. Their rivalry week is up. Uh, big games in Montana, big implications in Montana for the playoff seating. And DJ, what'd you see? Well, I think the simplest thing to simplify from that game you mentioned in particular was an ass whooping. <laughs> it was 48-14. to 14. It was two top 10 ranked teams and a rivalry game. It, we talked about it in the last podcast, how big of a game it is. And it was pretty ugly. I mean, Montana State won 48-14 to 14 for the fourth year in a row. So seniors on that Montana team have never beaten the Cats. That's got away in their head a little bit. But luckily for them and pretty much everyone who's fans of both teams, it ain't over yet. The last couple years, it's been the end of the season for both teams. But this time, it's not. They both not only made the playoffs, they're both ranked in the top eight. And in FCS, the top eight ranked teams all get a bye week because, you know, they actually play college football playoffs, not this random weird shit. (laughs) But anyway, when we look at it, the top eight-seeded teams will go north. North Dakota State, obvious, 12-0. They'd kill everybody. That's not a surprise. James Madison, number two, not even remotely surprised whatsoever. Those two teams are Alabama and Clemson, basically, before this year. The only surprise is that one loss to a, a D1A team. By, like, one possession or less, if I'm exactly. not mistaken, too, yeah. <laughs> number three, it's back to Weber State. We I talked about this on my one Thursday check down a couple weeks ago going into it. Weber and Montana, three versus five. After Montana getting shellacked and Weber taking care of business, they came right back up to number three. It's like not, they were able to wa- basically wipe away that ugly loss. Number four, we got a team that lost to Weber, but also but smoked Montana, Sacramento State. Number four, wait, that was number four. Sorry. Number five, we have also just smacked up on Montana, Montana State. Then at number, hold on, number five, we have Montana State. Number six, we have Montana, the aforementioned. Number seven, South Dakota State. Number eight, Central Arkansas. What's interesting about this, and it almost feels like what happens every damn year in the in the BCS playoffs, is. Four teams from the same conference out of eight, which it seems like they want two SEC schools every year. Hell, they probably have four if they could have their way, honestly. But Yeah. Now, the big sky is definitely the SEC of the FCS. Which is weird because the last few years it hasn't quite been. It's always been maybe two teams at the top. This year it's like, oh, let's just throw almost everybody in while we're at it. Yeah. I got to say that that Montana State jumping over Montana after a big win like that, 
and then solidifying three through three through six for big sky teams. That's kind of crazy to see. It's like just how dominant can you be as a conference? Like you're not you're not dominating North Dakota State or James Madison, but in your own right, you're dominating. And it's the weirdest round robin because like Sacramento State beats Montana, Weber State beats Sacramento State, and then Montana State beats Montana. Weber like just the weird round robin circle. It's kind of fun. It's like it's like quote unquote. Like math, where it's like, oh well, the Ravens beat the Patriots and the Patriots beat the Browns, so in theory, the Browns should beat the Ravens. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. This is one where it's like everybody kill everybody. It yeah. is an ultimate free for all. So that's kind of fun. And a few things that kind of stuck out is seeding wise is I was surprised University of Northern Iowa didn't get a seed. I mean, they're eight and four, but they were ranked number four two weeks ago. If I'm not, or number th- yeah, number four. They went one and one. They lost a game they should have won, but then they ended the season with a dominant win, as you'd expect. And then there were teams that were ranked lower than them in, like, the final rankings thing that got seeded. If I'm not mistaken, Central Arkansas and South Dakota State were both lower than them. South Dakota State did beat you and I a couple weeks ago. That's the team that kind of smacked the heck out of them. So maybe that's what they were kind of trying to set up because you and I play San Diego State in, a, in round one. You'd imagine you and I will win that game and get a rematch with South Dakota State. Other ones that are kind of interesting, Villanova playing Southern Southern Louisiana. Villanova is a pretty good team. If they win, that could be a good matchup with Montana. And I'll say, actually, Southeastern Louisiana, they are not a team to sleep on. I was watching their championship game, and they had two punt returns for touchdowns. And they dude returning it, if he doesn't at least get a look in on a tr- preseason roster, I'd be shocked. Like, he, 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 he had the vision, the, the speed. He had it all. And their quarterback, he could throw some dimes. One of the few teams that brings in a white quarterback as their running quarterback, by the way. Interesting. What a I, interesting. I, I thought that, that was what I took away. From that. I'm still going to lean towards Villanova, but I think it's not an easy game. It's not an easy round one game, and who, doesn't matter who wins that game. They got a long ways to go to travel to the Northwest. Yep. Then another pretty good Kennesaw State's a really good team, and they're not seeded. They were ten and two. They could have made an argument over South Dakota State or even Central Arkansas. There's another good one. Central Connecticut. Like there's some really good matchups, and not at least one of these eight teams is getting upset. If not, at least two of them. I don't know which two. Not going to go out on a limb and pick any of them. But I think at least two of these eight seeds are getting upset in their first playoff game. Honestly, don't be surprised if North Dakota up there against Nickel State. That might be one setting up a, the battle for North Dakota. Yeah, and when they played in the race, North Dakota State absolutely took it to North Dakota. I feel like I feel like Nickel State has a better chance of upsetting North Dakota State just based on the fact that they don't have the extra Dakota battle royale. Absolutely, but something to look forward to for those, those North Dakotians. You know, they don't got much in this time of year. It's a lot of snow. It's not safe up there whatsoever. <laughs> Luckily, they play in a dome. Exactly. And then, yeah, honestly, when I look at it, the matchups, I mean, James Madison, North Dakota State, they should win the first two rounds comfortably before they really play anything to worry about. What's interesting is if Montana and Weber State win their games, that's a fun rematch. Sac State and Montana State, that's a fun game if they both win. Then if they, let's just say things kind of stay homeostasis, you'd have James Madison versus the winner of Montana and Weber State. Then the winner of Montana State versus Sac State gets to take on North Dakota State. Good luck. Yeah, that's a <laughs> – what would be interesting is Montana State is the ultimate middle finger offense. They throw, they've thrown the ball like four times in the last four years, it seems like. They run so many misdirections, QB draws, counters, end-arounds, flippity-doo-dah, magician stuff. But it just works in a lot of teams. They're just so weird. It's weird to watch. Like, And most of their passes have been reverse passes. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, when they do throw it, it's after some tomfoolery. It's not three-step, five-step, seven-step drop or bootleg or anything. It's just, what can we do to make this difficult? But it works. Yeah. And against Sacramento State, that's a, it's a tough team. Sacramento State's a very balanced-type team. So 
I think if they can get by Sac State, they have a good shot with North Dakota State. Assuming they're on their P's and Q's. You can't get lazy against them. You can't be forced to pass. you got to be able to use all that trickery, tomfoolery, to basically keep it close and just keep them on their heels. Absolutely. And then James Madison, there's a real well-rounded team. Montana and Weber State will both have their hands full. But, yeah, I'm leaning towards it being like James Madison, North Dakota State. Beat them if you can at this point. Yeah, I mean, until, until otherwise notice, it's it's probably going to be a matchup of one and two in the finals. Yeah, and uh, three, four, five, six, all from the same conference, all really even. I, that's what kind of makes it interesting is who gets out of that because at least two of those teams are advancing. They're basically gonna, probably going to have to most likely. Yeah. Unless it's upset City from the get-go, but – which is very possible, which is why this playoff bracket is fun and not the BCS one. Yeah, It's exactly. not fun. Give us duplicity. We want chances. We want possibilities. We want a 16 seed versus a number one and a 16 seed making it close and it's terrifying all of our brackets. Shit, I'll settle for eight, honestly. I'll settle <laughs> for eight. <laughs> like, you don't have to be this compli- – I know this is complicated and ridiculously hard and not for the faint of mind. We get it. Like, it's so hard, but give us half of this. But anyway, that's kind of what I got for FCS. Since we're talking about Division One BCS, rivalry week. Rivalry week. We got some really good ones on tap. Ohio State, Michigan. For some reason, Michigan's ranked like 10 or 12 now for no no reason whatsoever. No, no, no you're, you're saying it the right the first time for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's so obnoxious, and I don't even hate Michigan that much as I should, but it just makes no sense how they always get random treatment with the rankings, and they're, this is the... The voters just basically grabbing Ohio State's balls and tickling the bottom. Like, we got you. We got you. Tickle the tank, man. Tickle the tank. They want to put them number one over LSU so damn bad, they just know they really can't right now with one decent win all year. I blame Downey. I blame the clothing brand Downey because if they don't keep running these stupid commercials about Jim Harbaugh's pants and keeping them freaking pressed all season, Michigan falls into obscurity with their three losses or however many it is now. It's useless. They're useless. Just well, I think Ohio State's going to press it to them early, and they're going to they're going to smoke them. I think it's going to be a forty eight twenty four type game. Like Harbaugh needs to leave Michigan. I he's a better NFL coach than a college coach. As weird as that is, he needs to go back to the NFL. Honestly, I don't think he knows how to run a program, but he knows how to coach men. If that makes sense, he's a good leader and he's a good designer. Like, but as far as like running the entire show, that's where I think it struggles. Which yeah, if he can go to a team and be a head coach of a team with a good GM. That could, I mean, trying to think of one that's going to be looking for a head coach. Honestly, the ones that need a head coach probably also need a GM at this point. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you're going to like, I don't think you, how you feel about this one, but I think he could go to your Cowboys, and I think he'd be a. The problem is, he's going to have to. Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are going to have to be like, look, we're going to shut our freaking mouths and get out of the way. The only way that works is if they do that and do not pay Dak. That's, that's it. That's the only way. As we saw today versus the Patriots, Dak cannot go out there. And lead you on a fourth quarter drive to win the game. You need Zeke, you need an Amari, and you need a quarterback who can throw the ball to an open Amari, not at the ground. And they need the scheme Amari open. You can't just line them up on Stephon Gilmore and say, hey, go beat that guy for us, please, when it's cold as hell and it's it's... windy as hell. I mean, no one just goes out there and smokes Stephon Gilmore. The thing I hate about the teams I'm a fan of, and in particular in football, it's Cowboys in, in the pros, and then in college, it's Auburn. I feel like passing schemes are an unknown mystery to them. It just doesn't make sense. It's a shame because Kellen Moore came out like a bat out of hell early, but he's kind of he's fallen back a little bit recently. It d- and, and, you know, people are going to blame the weather. I get it. It was rainy. But, Dak, We're not you're asking a professional you. quarterback with hands that are the size of a ruler. 
We're not asking you to pick them apart down the field. I just need you to get, complete some underneath routes. I mean, you have some easy Amari running across the field here and there, and you just you have Randall Cobb underneath. You have so many weapons. Just get the ball out to him. Like, and take your checkdowns. Don't force it. You, you know, he forced it to one to Randall Cobb, and I shut my mouth during the play because it worked out well. But you have Jason Witten wide open in a Jason Witten route at sitting at the first down marker, just like, hey, hey, I'm here. I have sure hands. I can catch everything. Just put it on me. And he decides not to and goes deep. And the fact that they went for that field goal in the fourth quarter when they were down by seven was absolutely stupid. That was a complete waste of a possession. That was unacceptable. But absolutely. anyway, back into rivalry week. So, yeah. yeah. Ohio State's going to crush Michigan. Hopefully Harbaugh leaves. I don't want him fired. I just wanted to leave and go back to his oh, strong roots at the This is NFL. a three-touchdown, def- easy, easy three-touchdown win for Ohio State. I would be shocked if it's anything, especially the way Chase Young came back with a vengeance against Penn State. My God, I think he just solidified himself as Nick Bosa 2.0. The only question I have is Justin Fields okay after the game this weekend. He's a little dinged up. If he comes back and he, it turns out to be nothing, which I think it was, then he'll be fine. It, it's definitely three touchdowns. If not... If he's only 80%, then it's only 17 points. Yeah, then we're talking two touchdowns, maybe a touchdown and a field goal. Like If he's absolutely broken and like two it up, then it's only a seven-point Ohio State win either way they're winning. Yeah. I mean, I'll go play quarterback. We'll be fine. It's Michigan. They're absolutely, fine. yeah, no. And speaking of Tua... The probably the only other game this week that has any sort of playoff implications on it, and it's two teams that are sitting on the outside of the playoffs, but they both they involve Alabama, who is inevitably always going to be in the playoffs, even when they talks. shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, you lose your starting quarterback for the season, and you're still somehow right there looking in. You know, I I, I don't think. Auburn comes back and wins this game just because I don't think they can scheme off or de- offensively to beat them. I don't think they have a good enough passing game. Uh, but if Auburn can somehow pull off this win, then then good on them. You deserve it. But it's always going to have an asterisk. And then the question becomes, if Alabama wins, is this good enough to get them in the talk when either Georgia or LSU loses? Which, whoever loses the SEC championship game. When I look at it, I think you're right. I don't think Auburn has the firepower even to take on a crippled Alabama. Maybe they have the players, but they don't scheme anything. They're pat- watching their passing concepts, like you said, is painful. The few times they do run them, they work, but it's just so inconsistent. Bo Nix is he's not quite that dude yet. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not a pure passer necessarily. He's kind of a balanced quarterback, almost like a Mitch type. Just yeah. He's probably more accurate than Mitch, but anyway. I mean, he's the number one dual threat. You don't expect a pure passer out of a dual threat guy, but at the same time, you got to put him in good positions, and Gus is not doing that right now. And then just like this constant desire to use the wildcat for some stupid reason. Everyone sees it coming. They always know what to do. It's even what I think Booby Whitlow's not even healthy, and they're still doing it. Yeah, he's still only 80%. Like, give the guy a break. Yeah, so I think Alabama's going to take it. So they're going to be like, hey, look at us. Oh, my God, we're still cool. We finally beat a good team. Look at us. Oh, my God. I still don't think you can put them in the playoff. I mean, they're going to because it's the Alabama Invitational. Yeah. But when I look at it, if Oregon continues to run the table, they have they deserve it. I mean, they, one loss to or Auburn on the first game of the season, and it took a Bo Nix miracle, basically. Damn, like you be, and then the rest of the way, you've been pretty comfortably beating everybody. I mean, Justin Herbert should be the first pick in the draft, honestly. If not Joe Burrow, one of those two guys is the best quarterback in the country right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And then even your the Utah team, if they won the Pac-12, they deserve to be in the conversation. They have what one loss to? Yeah, they're a one loss team as well, and. You look at the Big 12, let's say Oklahoma smokes Oklahoma State and absolutely dominates in the title in the Big 12 title game. They should be in the conversation, too, as a one-loss conference champion with a Heisman Trophy 
no longer front runner, but right up there. And a team that knocked off an undefeated Baylor who was making the charge. Exactly. I mean, like, after being behind and, like, historically winning that game, like, being behind and coming back for a historical comeback. 28-3. 28-3. If Tom Brady and the Patriots get all the love for it, get, give Jalen Hurts some credit for it. I mean, yeah. uh, hey, I, that kid, I've said it since, day, since he was in Alabama. He can play better than anybody's ever given him credit for. And I was more scared of watching Jalen Hurts play quarterback at Alabama than I've ever been up to a lot playing quarterback at Alabama. Tua's got a very he's good at throwing slants and basically Hail Mary deep ball. That's about it. He can't really beat you with his legs. He doesn't I don't think he really reads the defense. I hate I hate it sounds like I'm trashing him, but I think he's really, really limited. Yeah, he's, like and let me say this. I mean, I think we I speak for both of us when we say we want Tua to get healthy because we want to see what he can do on the next level. But at this point in time, just based off of what we've seen, I yeah, I'm, he's, I'm with, he's Marcus Mariota two point He's Flashy, yeah, he's flashy. Like, he's makes some. Oh wow, look at that play! But he's not going to beat cons- the good guys consistently. It's like yeah. Mariota's never going to beat when Andrew Luck was there, and they're not even beating him with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, like if I'm breaking down his draft stock right now, because there's talks of him sitting out and then going to the draft a year after, or whether he should go in the draft now. If I look at it, his his one question mark for me has always been: Can he make a throw outside the numbers? You Besides know, a, just a deep streak, basically. Can, like, can, can he, he make, make an, an NFL route? style out route pass, like now, a ten yard out, fifteen out? Come Can back, make like, yeah, f- the corner routes without floating when you have to zip it in there over the – a corner route against cover two sort of thing. Like. Yeah, and that's always been his question. And, and honestly, you keep watching the film on it and you just see there's just too much arc in it. And now Tom Brady's one of those guys who later in his career has gotten away with it, but that's because he earned it early in his career to yeah. not have to do that. Yeah, his timing, precision, and knowledge of the defense is second to none basically besides Peyton Manning arguably yeah. in the history of the game. And the only other quarterback I can think of currently – that has a job in the NFL, even though he is injured, that can do that, is somebody like Alex Smith. And that's, again, because they earned it early on in their career by their men, their mind games. And I don't know if Tua mentally is on the same level as those guys. And we'll see what he does when he's not thrown to three first, three or four first-round pick receivers against... Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple gems found in the rough and a Chester Rogers. Basically, yeah. Just a... <laughs> Just guys like that or Cole Beasley. Let's see him turn Cole Beasley into a stud. I don't know. Just Cole Beasley might turn him into a stud. Be careful mm-hmm. with what you guys were over there. I saw some things about him maybe dropping a little bit, maybe going to a team like the Chargers at 12, which wouldn't be bad because Phillip Rivers, is, he's pretty much done at this point, I'd say, but he's trash now. Yeah, and, and when it comes down to it, we're not, I don't think – personally, I don't think Tua is coming back and playing next football season. I feel like it's going to be a full season he has to sit out. So any team that takes him has to keep that in mind. So – even if he does drop for the second round, I think he has that player insurance that covers him anyways. So it's not a big deal. And he gets compensated for it. And some of the things we're talking about, him being ready to start practicing again before summer too. I mean, yeah, like, I so. mean, it was a dislocation, so it wasn't as bad as a break. But there's still a lot of ligaments in there that need to be fixed. And from what I've seen, like all of that stuff is safe. Like he basically, as far as dislocating your hip, he did it in the safest way possible, basically. Yeah. So he'll be okay. His drafts will be fine. Not trashing, but back to the point at hand. <laughs> Alabama has no business being in the playoffs unless they smoke Auburn fifty nine nothing and like basically Oklahoma and Oregon both lose that don't win their comp championship game. Absolutely, I, I mean like, like yeah, like putting even putting my bias against Alabama aside, I will say that Alabama shouldn't be in the playoffs because they don't deserve it. Honestly, they have not looked like Alabama. Something's felt off about them since 
really the third game in the season. It's just not felt right. And honestly, it's just if you take away all the eye test things, you haven't beat a ranked team yet, if I'm not mistaken. Unless that 25 fifth ranked Texas A&M team that became ranked just in time for it. I don't remember. Conveniently? Yeah. And they are not a conference champion. You're not even playing in your conference championship game, which is another reason I think if Georgia is in the game and they lose to LSU, I don't think Georgia should make it either personally. Yeah. Two lost Georgia, you lost in your conference champion. I know it was to LSU, but still, you're not. You lost your conference championship. There, ha- they have to mean something. Yeah, and, and unless the only way I can see them getting it with a two loss Georgia team is if it's a three point game. And if it's like a last second field goal that wins the game, or some kind of crazy flute play like a Saints versus you know Rams. In, uh, pass interference that's so egregious it doesn't get called that type of play that changes the game and they only lose by one score then maybe you, you put them in but I don't know if you put them in ahead of a one loss Oregon if they win their championship yeah. quick. which is why this 14 thing is absolutely stupid because you're leaving out so many conference. what's the point of being a conference champion if no one cares Exactly. it's like winning your division in the NFL and they're like nah we don't really like you in there yeah, uh, you-, you know what I know I, I know I know you guys won your division. You looked really good, San Francisco, but we want the Cowboys in there instead. Yeah, or we want the Giants in there, two lo- or two win team in the Giants, and we want them in there instead. I just picked the Cowboys because everybody rides them sideways. But yeah, same general idea. Or oh well, we want Carson Wentz in there. You know, Seattle. I know you have like the third best record in the NFC, but nah. Yeah. So that's why. I- yeah. No, I think this year, if you if if this year was eight teams, I think you can comfortably say. The top four that are currently there, Oregon, Georgia, or sorry, Oregon, Alabama, no matter, unless they lose to Auburn. Basically. Okay. Utah gets in there, and then Oklahoma. I think that's a comfortable top eight that if, you know, 9, 10, 11, do they really have an argument right there? I don't think so. If they do, it's a it's not as bad as how this year we have basically five teams that want that fourth spot, it seems like. Exactly. Like, this team, this, this is the year where we see what... What what type of balls the the college football playoff committee has, if they can leave out a Georgia and an Alabama, given if I'm just assuming Georgia loses and give and if Alabama wins, even if they win and it's not a comfortable win, if they can leave out those two and put in an Oregon team, then I can trust the system going forward. If not, we need to figure this shit out. Which it's just amazing because you have three of them already picked for you. That's easy. Anyone can do that. I mean. Tweedledee and Tweedledum over here could probably do that. They could pick the f- top three teams if it continues how we think it's going to, basically. Absolutely. Actually, that seems like a good idea. Maybe we do that with them for the for the playoff pickums. You beat me to it, but anyway. <laughs> so, but anyway, so I think that's... Even if you don't want to pick Oregon, because you're like, we don't want a Pac-12 team that lost to their one SEC school. What about Oklahoma? I mean, they're perennially in the game. They have one loss at this point. It was an ugly loss, but they've also had some impressive wins. Yeah. I mean, they're, I don't see what the problem is there. You obviously have to be your conference champion. Champion. That's the first. That I will ride that until the cows come home. If they're going to do four teams and then five conferences, it needs to be a conference champion. Again, I've I've said about them, the only stipulation to that being an undefeated team that goes in the conference championship and loses, agreed like by an egregious play or by a touchdown, and it, and you can obviously see vis, like visually that they are the a better team. Than anybody else, I think that might be the only way you can get an argument over a conference champion who is like a two-loss team. I say, and I think all the conference champions would have to have two losses at that point too. Yeah. I, I feel like if it's a all things great equal, like one loss, it has to be the conference champion, no matter what. Even if, like you said, that one team is that much better and lost in the conference championship, 
if there's a one loss conference champion at the same time, that's like I feel like you have to give them the edge too. It's I, I yeah it's 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 weird because they want to do it like how the NBA has their their playoff seating, you know one through eight. It's just purely based off a of record. But at the same time, you have these conferences that have championships, so that it signifies that they're the best of their conference. And when you have a power five setup for this, like you have to recognize the fact that four teams out of this or all the teams out of this power five have a championship and if they're a winner they're automatically one of the top five teams like you can't just ignore that and if you want to ignore that expand the playoff and do it like the nba have it half the nba makes the damn playoffs they have yeah. an nfl setup but they want to do it like the nba it's so weird like yep. just figure it out and i don't want to hear oh it's too expensive or we're not smart enough or oh the kids think about the kids i think the kid i think if you double the amount of teams in the playoff everyone will be cool with it yeah. Imagine how much more revenue you can generate with more worth more games too. I just I keep I keep looking back to the uh, the Cardinals in the NFL and making it to the playoffs as with a losing record. You yeah, know. or like the Carolina Panthers seven eight and one that one year. Yeah, like you know, and then then they make a run in the playoffs, and then it's like, well, you see, they won their conference, so or division, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then, well, the division in that case, but they won their division, and you can see what a division winner can do. Given a chance. I will see that playoff game they did when they went against the Cardinals, third-string quarterback and third-string running back. But that's just yeah. logistics. I'm just pointing that out there so all the Cardinal fans don't come stabbing me in the back of the head or anything. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like, you can't control that much of it. Like, you just – if you win your division and just like you win your conference, you should get a shot. I feel Yeah, I feel like the college football playoff committee just made things harder by even selecting the fact that there's a playoff committee to select the teams. So, like, if you just straight up said, here's our five conferences – the best four records that are a conference champion at the end of it, those are your teams. The fact that you have five conferences and you want to do a four-team playoff is just stupid. Yeah, I mean, that should be enough of by yourself to be like, okay, maybe we should make this more. Oh, but the holidays. No, fuck the holidays. <laughs> Half these kids don't even know what the inside of a church looks like unless it's like they've been forced to go as a kid. Either way, I just feel like you have so you have such an opportunity here. College football's probably the second biggest sport in america honestly if not the third it might honestly be bigger now hey it's right up there like obviously the nfl still has the top but them and the nba are right behind i mean just you have so much as so much at your fingertips and you can make this so great and you just refuse to do it i mean and let's say oregon does get in there hypothetically and they what if they smack lsu upside the head in the first round that's just it that's i mean that oregon has this has an offense that is set up to beat teams in ways they're not used to be beating I mean, they gave, they kind of gave it to Auburn early. They just kind of ran out of steam, and it took a Bo Nix miracle, like we said. Honestly, it took a Justin Herbert getting his knee kind of twisted up and yeah, like just hindering. getting caught up with it in itself and getting hurt. Like I mean, honestly, if he doesn't get hobbled, I don't know if Auburn wins that game. I think he was like fourteen of fifteen at one point too, and before that injury, like he's because that shut him down getting out of the pocket and getting away from the pressure that was being caused by Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown, like. He, he could not get away from it. And they run the ball, too. Like, they could – I think they can cook offensively. And, of course, the, if they go in there and get smoked, it's like, well, we should have Alabama or Georgia in there. Okay, we could have said the same thing about Notre Dame when they got cooked by Clemson a couple years ago. Yeah. If we had to leave them – left them out, why why would you leave them out and then put in another SEC team? We are That's the same book we've already seen. Like, or, like, the Notre, undefeated Notre Dame team that played played Alabama in Orlando. Yeah. They got the, smacked. But that undefeated Notre Dame team – was they, undefeated. They earned their way there. I mean, sure, Manti Teo and his girlfriend got ran over by Derrick Henry and squad, but they yeah. earned their way there. I mean, yeah, they, they they did what they had to do, you know. 
And this gives, and then having 18 playoffs gives teams like Notre Dame a chance. Besides, not just obviously Notre Dame gets their chances regardless, but teams like Notre Dame that are basically independents, they can have a shot if they roll. Or BYU, Army, Navy. You yeah, know? I'm not that Army Navy really ever make a run at it anymore, but there's an there's an opportunity they deserve yeah. a chance. I mean, and then was that Florida team? FSU, not FSU. FAU. FAU. There we go. Yeah, I mean, undefeated for two years. Oh no, UCF. 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 Yeah, sorry. I could. There's all these damn Florida schools with their three damn letters. Yeah, there really is. But yeah, they could. They were undefeated for two years and didn't get a chance. Them calling themselves the uncrowned national champions was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I wanted them to get into the playoffs just to get crushed by any other team so we could shut that up. Agreed. That's why I wanted them to go undefeated this year to actually get themselves in there. And you know, this has been the third straight year. And I feel like this would be the year that they're like, fine, forget it. We're throwing you in there. And then LSU drops 50 on them. Absolutely. And we can get over this crap. Or, hey, maybe they play so ungodly that they keep it close and make a name for themselves. And then I'll be like, respect. Or maybe they somehow win the national championship this year. And then I'll be like, okay, you respect. You guys are three-time national champions. You earned it all three years in this one year. Whatever. I just, wouldn't give them that much. I'd just give them the one year. Yeah, but. I'd be exaggerating just because I'm sick of people saying they're the uncrowned champions. That first, that you know, I'll give them credit. They beat the team that beat the team that won the national championship. Or that actually beat both the teams that were in the national championship game. But that's not the point. This is that whole math thing I brought up earlier. It's called yeah. MMA math. Like, well, he beat him, and he beat him, so he should beat him. That, but and, and the logic used that season was conference champions make the playoffs. See, Ohio State, Oregon... Yeah, and like, Florida State at that time, Alabama. Like, that made sense. Yeah. It's gone downhill since then just to keep Alabama afloat, basically. And, and the only reason Georgia made the playoffs the season that UCF is the quote-unquote underground was because they lost in a really close game to the number one team at the time. Like, okay, all right, I'm accepting of all of this. Go ahead. Not ideal, but if we absolutely have to, fine. But I prefer we don't ever do that again. And but That's one of those games that honestly proves the point of, like, maybe who knows what happens in the playoffs. You know, that, like... Georgia-Alabama matching back up again for the title, that's not to be expected every year. But it's just, it's something that can happen when you expand the playoffs to eight teams, to 12 teams, to 16 teams, whatever you want to do. Preferably at least eight. Honestly, eight's just fine with me. That's uh, perfectly fine because you get your power five plus the three best that didn't win their conference. Yeah, that it's, seems fair. It's just, like, it's just like what they used to do with the, the at-large bids. You know, you have your top five conferences, boom, champions, done. Over with, guaranteed spot. Three at-large bids to match up with them. That's all you need. Like, it, yep. it's so simple, yet so difficult. Anyways. All right, so we've gone over that. We've looked at Ohio State, Michigan. We've looked at the Iron Bowl. What other kind of matchups for rivalry week do, sticks out to you? I'm looking at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, we've talked about them as a potential playoff team. They have all the best players, honestly. But Oklahoma State's been really good this year. Really weirdly good. Yeah. Like, they're not that good, but they're winning, and they look good. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it doesn't – I don't know. Oklahoma State's, you know, one of those teams that – Gundy always makes them competitive. And they're never going to win it. I don't think they'll ever get over the hump, per se. But he's always going to keep them competitive. Like, he should never lose his job, but at the same time, there are better guys for the job at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to see, especially in today's kind of, you know – Three years and you're done mentality for coaches, if they even get three years. Unless you're the Browns, you get to a 10 months, but yeah. Yeah, you know, it is it is one of those things. It's nice to see that there's a coach still being around, and he's obviously a player coach. So I, I always, I've always liked Oklahoma State for that reason, for, for Gundy uh, more than anything. But I don't know. I think Oklahoma takes this one handily. 
I don't think I think it'll be close early, but then Jalen Hurts and the squad will take it away late. So yeah. Although big news out of Oklahoma, tight end did just re- retire from football forever because of uh, concussions, and you just hear that, and you're just like, that kid is 21, retiring yeah. because of concussions, and you know we have the whole thing planned for concussions, which we'll talk about later, but. Um, you know, that's just something that in today's day and age, we start seeing more and more young kids retiring, and it's sad to see. Sad to see, but at the same time, happy to see it at the same time. Because if you feel something's not 100%, get out of there. There were kids I went to high school with that had a lot more concussions that were than what were diagnosed, and I fear it's going to be a problem for them later on down the, down the road. So good on him seeing it, feeling it, being like, okay, if this isn't right, I'm calling it here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's – I mean, it is good to see for him, so – but I just wonder, as far as that on the field goes, on the field performance, does that hamper Oklahoma? Probably not as much as it would any other team because of Jalen Hurts and his one year in the team. And the five-star receivers they have all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I mean, you have CeeDee Lamb over there who is probably the best wide receiver prospect currently in NCAA. He's definitely up there. I mean, he's definitely got to be a first-round grade at this point. Absolutely. If he's not top top two, he's top one. Yeah. <laughs> He's up there. He has like that Calvin Ridley feel to him when he came out. Like maybe they put someone like DJ Moore ahead of him or something like that. But you know Calvin Ridley. Like you know he's gonna be that dude when he gets there. Yeah. He's a surefire. Good he's, he's, he's bigger body than Calvin Ridley. Probably runs crisper routes than Calvin Ridley. Um, but he's just not as fast as Calvin. But, oh yeah. Like not comparing the play styles. I just meant when Calvin Ridley came out. Oh Going no, into yeah. the year, they're like, oh, he might be the best player in the draft. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, like, well, we do like DJ Moore. We like these guys. It's like, well, hold on now. Like you must have forgot. I feel like I feel like when it comes to those rankings, they end up out thinking themselves anyway. So it doesn't. Every, every year, every year, it's like, well, what about this guy? Well, you know what? You just randomly changed your mind for no damn reason. Yeah. It's like this year they're going to change up all the quarterback rankings that go from Justin Herbert up there at the top. They're going to be like, well, what about what Jalen Hurts did, or what about what this guy did? And I like Joe Burrow. He should be the second best quarterback in this draft. But I still think Herbert's the guy. I think did Herbert's performance this season hurt him? Probably. I don't think he's still not the number one. I, feel, I still think he's number one in my book. I think Joe Burrow is number two, maybe number three. I think Jacob Eason really kind of came back and said, hey, there was a reason I was the top overall quarterback prospect, prospect four years ago. I think he's the guy he wants to go to a team like the Chargers and get a chance to sit. I don't think you want him to draft him if you're the Bengals or the Dolphins. Or the, no. I don't think he's ready for that. I think he's the guy that needs to just chill for a bit. Yeah, just just sit back, relax, learn from a gunslinger or a guy like Phillip Rivers and – Take the Patty Mahomes route because he's got that real good natural arm talent. He might have the best arm coming out of the draft. A little bit of mobility, can read the defense. He just needs – he's just not quite there yet, honestly, when I watch him play. The way he goes through the defenses, his reads, sometimes a little inaccurate, but that can be timing with receivers. Like, he'll be good if he goes to the Chargers because then you come in in a year and get to throw to Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. Austin Eckler because I'm assuming they're going to get rid of Mel Gordon. If they're smart, they do. And then you have that (laughs) Justin Jacks kid running back in – on, now that you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you could get some damn offensive linemen. If a quarterback is lucky enough to go to the Chargers, who we? You put up a few points and then Bosa and Ingram are going after quarterbacks. Chargers could flip things on the Chiefs real quick if they hit on the hit on a quarterback. Absolutely. And, you know, I will say this, though. I do think if you're looking at probably NFL ready for next year, I do say I think Joe Burrow might have the edge on everybody because of who his offensive coordinator is, because he is a – guy that was at the next level and came back down to help out or well, I say help out but to build his stock you know I think I think he might have an advantage over a lot of players but I think those three right now are top three easy and then you know Hertz is down there two is down there 
You know, the injury obviously knocks Tua down. I don't think he goes in the first round this year. I do think he needs to come out this year because I think a year of sitting out might move him into that weird realm of like Terrell Pryor when he came in the mm-hmm. consular, consulary draft or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just – I think Tua needs to come out this year. And, like, by all indications, he's not going to have to sit out the full year for the injury. Like, they say he will be back practicing within months. So, I mean, I think – I don't think you can go back to another year of school and risk getting hurt again, honestly. Like, yeah. you're, get out there, get into an NFL training facility, get in there and learn, honestly. Like, and I think two is coming out. I think it's all but a sure thing at this point, honestly. I don't think there's any doubt about it. So, yeah. the hope to him is he doesn't go to the Bengals or the Dolphins or a team that's going to get him hit a lot. Absolutely. Or, ironically, the Texans, even though they don't need a quarterback. But, <laughs> yeah. huh. And to round out the rivalry week, there's not really another rivalry game that really stands out to me right now. Um, At least one that has big-time implications. Yeah, honestly. they're all kind of... Oregon should take it to Oregon State. Like, that shouldn't even be close. Like, Herbert should light them up. But. The Civil War is always really good there, but, you know, it, it is still a Oregon-heavy, yeah. you know, team right there. Uh, Washington, the Washington State, the, the Apple, Apple, Cup, Bowl, yeah. Apple Cup, yeah. Jacob I mean, Eason should pick them apart, honestly. It should be easy-peasy. Pretty easy. Um, egg Bowl down in Mississippi. Who cares? It's called the Egg Bowl for a reason. Each team lays eggs every year. But, um, yeah, same sort of thing. Like, basically, we already talked about the ones that are, have college football implications. And, God, if we had eight teams, how good could this be? It would be amazing. Anyway, so once we actually get those four teams, uh, we'll be making predictions on those as well. Maybe even make some predictions once we start to see a picture, once something starts yeah. to form. Once, well, you know, have a little fun with it, too. Yeah, well, maybe once we get the conference championship games lined up, we could start looking at back. Oh, I like this or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So NFL, just real quickly, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, because I know you want to say a few things about Dak that you already said. but No, no, I'm going to leave Dak out of this one. This is going to be more entertaining. Because you already talked about Dak. You already reamed him for the day. We're good. You know, if he gets it twice a day, and that's, that's it. I got hit my second time. I, once during the game, once after the game, we're good. Hmm. We're good now. I promise, we're good. Uh, but no, Christian McCaffrey. 99 overall, Madden guy. Only the sixth one in the history of the game, too. Yep, and one of the youngest to ever do it. Like, that is crazy. Could not be more deserving either. I mean, that dude has carried that. Even today against the Saints, I know Kyle Allen threw three touchdowns, and Christian McCaffrey carried that team on his back. He's like, all right, guys, jump on these broad shoulders, and they should have won that game if the kicker makes the field goal, honestly. Unfortunately, you left Drew Brees with more than negative five seconds, and he made it work. Yeah, Drew Brees in the last... It's amazing, but no, yeah. Especially when you're throwing to Mike Thomas, who's probably, as far as non-quarterbacks go, he's second in that MVP voting for non-quarterbacks. Absolutely. Like Christian McCaffrey, the aforementioned, is number one, but Mike Thomas, man, like, if the Saints run the table, per se, let's say they finish 14-2, I think you got to put him in there ahead of some of these other guys. Like, Russell Wilson's fantastic, but he's slowed a little bit. What Mike Thomas is doing, two different quarterbacks didn't miss a beat. Yeah. He's, he is leading that team. Kamara's been injured and not the same. Mike Thomas still getting it, like still Mike Thomas show. They, still can't, he guard, still can't him. guard him. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he's on pace to shatter receiving records out the you know what, like absolutely no. But yeah, I just I, I laughed when I saw the video for Chris McCaffrey and it was like them presenting him with his little plaque and stuff and it's it's, it's at his practice with all his teammates. All his teammates are celebrating. Him. He's like, oh man, yeah, let me take little high school prom photos. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but first off, shout out to my boys, my team. Look at all these dudes behind me. This is theirs. And I'm like. Come on, man. Like, give yourself some respect. You don't realize you're doing it all, but you're literally killing yourself doing it all this season. If they had 80% of what we've seen of Cam the previous few years, just someone who – they're a playoff team right now. They're they're like an 8-2 and two type team, honestly, because 
Kyle Allen's played decent in some games, but he hasn't had that X factor that they need. You give Christian McCaffrey an X factor in the backfield. Imagine if they had MVP cam at this team. They're undefeated, or they have one loss. Absolutely, I just that is crazy to see. I, I honestly didn't see think we'd see this level of Christian McCaffrey ever. I didn't think he would ever get to this level of just Dumb wow. Answer. But he's, I mean, honestly, the guy's just short of doing everything for the team, like just short of carrying the bags in for the team. Like he's carrying everything else. Might as well be the bags in the hotel room. Like he looks like what LaDainian Tomlinson looked like in his heyday. Like not to the same level LaDainian Tomlinson, in my opinion, is a top three running back of all time. But what he did in his heydays in like his 27, 28, 29 years, that's what Christian McCaffrey looks like at 23 right now. Like if he sustains this pace, he could put himself in that category, which is Nobody saw that coming out. I mean, I thought he'd be a good running back. I didn't think he'd do this. In our preseason predictions, I had him in the top five. And I didn't have him as top guy. No, and that's the thing is I left him out of the top five with the stipulation that as long as he has Cam in the backfield, he will not be a top five. And, I, I mean, I'm going to keep harping on that because it's it just goes to show you when he doesn't have that Cam Newton effect, when he doesn't have that guy. That second running back. <laughs> yeah, like when, to take away his touches, he is – Oh my gosh, good. But I, again, I, I'm like you. I didn't think he was the top one. I didn't think he was undefeated like, and undisputed, honestly. Yeah, like, who's you know, The only guy that's competing with him right now is Dalvin Cook, who is really good. Like You could say there are washes runners, but no one does what McCaffrey does out of the backfield. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. I mean, I think at this point, for the rest of the season, I don't think McCaffrey's competing against anybody else other than like historical performances. Oh yeah, he's already on pace to shatter all kinds of records it's, for scrimmage yards. Like. And he's still – it's not like he's not rushing the ball and only receiving. He's number two in rushing, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah. If not, he it's, might be number one now because Dalvin Cook I don't think played this week, if I'm not, and not mistaken. And what's crazy is, you know, you mentioned, you know, how he feels like LT. To me, he kind of feels like Bo, that kind of a novelty that came out that you're like, what can't he do, really? I guess what I'm saying is, like, as a, like that year LT had 100 catches and 1,000-plus rushing yards. Like, oh, yeah. McCaffrey's doing that. Honestly, McCaffrey will throw touchdowns if you let him. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if you yeah. If you, if you run, a, run a pass with him, like, and he's the, he's the guy throwing the ball, uh, who knows who's catching touchdown passes, but somebody's catching a touchdown pass. DJ Moore's got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> TJ Moore, Greg Olson, if he's still healthy. Is he falling apart? Yeah. He's still on the field, and he's still occasionally catching it, so it still works. All right, Jason Witten, there you go. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it's it's great to see Chris McCaffrey. Congratulations on 99. Um, the other the other one that I got to talk about, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins with a young buck moment here at the end of the at the end of the game, he misses his last snap because he's taking a selfie with a fan. And Joe Theismann of all people gets involved and says that's classless and unsportsmanlike. First of all, the the Redskins are classless and unsportsmanlike. Did you not see Dwayne Haskins begging his offensive line to block for him? I mean. Yeah. My God, like last week, he's like, please, guys, what do I have to do? Yeah. Like, they are not doing him any favors. They need to redo everything that organization. Fire sale everybody. Fire all the coaches. Trade everybody. Change Joe Thasman needs, needs to get a wheelchair because clearly that leg injury went to his brain. Yeah. Obviously, that's a dumb moment. Dwayne Hatson's, you don't ever want to do that again. Dude's <laughs> a child playing on an embarrassment of a team and getting shafted. Yeah. Taking a picture with a fan. And why didn't anyone come up and get him? Like, hey, don't miss your snap. Someone needs to come up and grab him. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing. is like it goes to show when, when the coaches are asked about this, they were obviously looking for him, quote, unquote, he's your starting quarterback. Where is your quarterback's coach? Where's your offensive coordinator? And somebody needs to be talking to your rookie quarterback on the sideline at the end of the game. You don't stop coaching your players until the game is over. And you're not winning anything. We get that. You won a team against a broken Detroit team. 
like let him have his moment. He's gonna celebrate with fans. I mean, they're yeah. the only people showing him any love because you guys clearly didn't. You're starting him, then you're not starting him, then you're like you treat him like shit the whole way. Yeah, and then you, no one's blocking for him. I mean, he's begging an offensive line to block for him. Yeah, he, he, and the most and honestly, it was honest to me. I I heard reading what he said to his offensive line and all the reports that came out about it. I think that's one of the biggest leadership things that gets overlooked. Is he went to his offensive line, didn't ask and point fingers and say. You guys need to do better. He said, what do I need to do to help you, to help you out? Like, what do I need to change about myself as a first-round pick at quarterback and a future franchise player? What do I need to change about myself to make you guys better? Do you want me to start rolling a little bit to the right, give you guys some help? Do you want me to step up? Like, what do you need? And they laughed at him, basically. Yeah, like, they just shut him off. as like, oh, rookie. Ha, 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 ha. Like, no, dude. Like, that is – you just shut down a kid who is trying to be – the best thing for the organization because what? Like, what's the reason? Because you're the Redskins and that's just what you guys do? Like, this is ridiculous. I wasn't that big on Haskins coming out. I still don't know if he's going to be that dude, but he doesn't deserve this. I mean, like, he'd give him a chance to at least fail or succeed. I mean, they gave Daniel Jones a chance and he's made the most of it in some cases. He has a lot of work to do, but he's, they call him Danny Dimes for a few weeks. I mean, let, let Dwayne Haskins get a nickname. I mean, yeah, like, Dwayne Dimes... Dwayne time, whatever. Give him a chance. Give, give, give him something. Like, I mean, he, he's literally out here balling out with triple coverage on his number one receiver in Terry McLaurin, by the way, another rookie from Ohio State. And who else knows Joe Schmo they picked up off the sidelines? Paul Richardson's broken. Yeah, Jordan broken, Reed's broken. Jordan Reed. Like, Trent Williams isn't playing because you shafted him too. Is Vernon Davis even existing anymore there? Is he the ghost of Vernon Davis? Is he the ghost of the ghost of the ghost of Vernon Davis? Like... I don't even know Is what's it Vontae Davis? I mean, yeah, like, what are we doing here on offense? Like, I, it doesn't make sense. You, you know, I, honestly, I think this organization. <laughs> Everything needs to they go. They need to pull an Oilers and just say, we're done. Changing the team name. <laughs> moving, moving to the other borough of D.C. Like, call it swell. Fire the owner. Fire the GM. You already fired the coach, but fire another coach. I mean. Do something. Like. Get rid of Colt McCoy because I don't think keeping him around is going to do you any favors. Alex Smith's coming back. Let him compete for the job or let him go and bring in Fitzpatrick as a backup veteran because, you know, that's what Fitzpatrick does. I mean, just, yeah. It's a mess. And I know I, I don't even like the Redskins, honestly, and I don't even like the name. So it's just a mess. And I feel for Dwayne Haskins. Like, send him to Jack, not Jacksonville. Don't send him there. But send him somewhere else to give him a chance. Like, yeah. Same with Brandon Scarif, the guard. I mean, he's a quality guard. At, same with Ryan Kerrigan. They got decent players here and there, but. And this is it. As a it, unit, it is a poop show. It honestly started in the offseason when they signed Reuben Foster after the domestic violence allegations. And the gun charges, too. Yeah, like, and, and then they're like, oh, don't worry. He's our starting middle linebacker. He's our defensive captain. I'm like, what, sorry, what? You just – he just gun charges and domestic violence against his wife and he's your captain? Like, again, my bias might be coming out right now in the fact I don't like the Redskins. I don't like Alabama players, especially <laughs> Alabama players that shunned Auburn after getting a tattoo of Auburn. But – if you're looking at this from a standpoint of kids watching this game and you just paid a dude that has domestic violence charges pending and gun charges and then call him your defensive captain. They didn't actually do that. I was exaggerating. I know, but, but like, like... They probably would have, honestly. Given the chance, they would have. But, you know, if you do that, what type of what type of product are you really, really showing? And on top of that, just football purely related moves on top of that terrible football move. Oh, Josh Norman, you overpay, and now he's on the bench, and he's healthy scratches. Trent Williams, you did him dirty, and now he's not even playing for you, and you won't trade him or get rid of him. You're just letting him sit there and take up cap space. 
You sign in Alex Smith, and he's unfortunately broken. So you bring in Colt McCoy and Case Keenum and then draft Dwayne Haskins. You basically bring in guys that want to compete for a starting job, and you're like, oh, Dwayne Haskins, beat them out. But if you don't, we're gonna, it's going to make you look bad. Yeah. Darius Geis, unfortunately, does not look good right now. I think it's part of it's the offensive line. The rest of it's a mess. You have Adrian Peterson. They're competing with him. Like, what's going on there? Yeah. You're receiving court. You, you paid a lot of money to Paul Richardson for him to be injured and not throwing the ball. And that's just it. Like, and who's the other guy? Josh Doxson, is he still on the team? I think they let him go, honestly. I think they finally let him go. Uh, I mean, I, unfortunately, this is probably the time you need him. <laughs> like, and then Jordan Reed, as awesome as he is when he's healthy, he can't stay healthy. Yeah. He's Sean Lee of tight ends. It's bad, honestly. It's just – and, again, my, maybe my bias comes out, but I, I just don't know what the Redskins could do going forward. Like, what – if you're at rock bottom, if you're below every team – as far as your organizational skills go, you're below the Bengals right now. You're below the Steelers. You're below the Jaguars and the Buccaneers combined. Maybe the Browns because the Browns fire coaches every year. Like, you're competing with the Browns. At least the Browns brought in talented players, though. Yeah, at least the Browns have a somewhat showman, like somewhat competency on, on the game day. And they're actually still in the wild card hunt somehow. Yeah, that's amazing to me. But. Vaguely, but that's because the wild card hunt's trash after the Bills. You know, yeah, I just I don't know what the what the Redskins organization needs to do. And, you know, on the topic, you mentioned Alex Smith. You know, he's one year out from his injury, coming back. He looks, I mean, he looks like he's starting to get his feet back under him. Whether he ever plays again is still an up in the air. Nobody even knows. I don't think he is. I don't want him to play again, honestly, just for his own health. Just yeah. you've had a career. This I know you don't want to end like that, but I think it's time. Like that type of career, this late in your career and your kind of play style. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it, man. It's like I want him to retire. All the best to him. One of the best. He was not one of the best quarterbacks. But everyone who watched him, like the way he transformed his career from trash panda number one overall pick bust to Pro Bowl level player to almost quarterback to a Super Bowl. And to me, I watched him at Utah, so I saw him in those formative years of watching him grow under Urban Meyer's coaching at, in Utah, and Dan Mullen, for that matter, was his quarterback's coach, and seeing him come in as sort of a raw prospect and change his game into actually being a really, really good, formidable like game manager. Like They beat Pitt in the Fiesta Bowl, and it was Dirty. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Dirt. Oh, no, it was the Orange Bowl. Sorry. They went to the Orange Bowl because Auburn went to the festival that year. But it was, I mean, it was it was dirty what he did in college. Um, him not winning the Heisman was probably a robbery, uh, you know. But what do you say? Those UFC guys seem to get the love just like Alabama guys do now. And it's hard to turn down Matt Leiner winning that Heisman, too. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's not that Al Smith didn't deserve it. It's just like Matt Leiner, how do you not give him the Heisman, honestly? like exactly. yeah. And then go to the pros and you have, what, five offensive coordinators in six years and you know you don't have a single system and then you finally get a, somebody to get you in there and then you get injured and then say so here comes Colin Kaepernick and then you know oh by the way I'm just gonna go to the Chiefs and win like what <laughs> oh okay and then you do so well but you just don't have that x factor to you and they have yeah. all these explosive weapons so it's like oh let's get the ultimate guy that throws the deep ball basically like the Brett the mulatto Brett Favre these days Absolutely. if you will but I will say this. I mean, Alex Smith, I mean, if you never play another snap, in the, in, I will have appreciated it. And please, God, come back and coach. <laughs> I, I want to see his brain on a on a coaching staff because I I would be afraid of that coaching staff. <laughs> and then speaking of the 49ers you mentioned, too, we kind of talked about them a little bit earlier. It's like we were joking about them not making the playoff because teams don't want to pick them. Well, they made a strong case today. I figure we kind of have to mention them since we're talking about football. 
what they did to the Packers, arguably a team that people were picking as NFC champion contenders or a team to beat them, 37-8. to They took it to them. They made Aaron Rodgers look uncomfortable and nervous. They took Aaron Jones away. The Smith brothers, who? What? <laughs> exactly what? George Kittle over the middle, up the sideline, all around, and up up the seam, whatever you need, with a broken ankle nonetheless. Yeah, six, or sorry, 129 yards and one touchdown for George Kittle. With a broken bone in his ankle when he's been quote-unquote struggling, missing your left tackle and D Ford, another pass rusher for you. Matt Breida didn't play. Like This 49ers team is filthy right now. I figure we just kind of have to mention it because I thought this would be a close game. This was touted as game of the week, arguably. It was it's terrible, man. I, I think this kind of proves Green Bay is a quote, is a pretender, honestly. I think you're right. Um, they're gonna make the playoffs, and they'll stand a chance to beat teams. But they're not beat. They're not. A, if they're lucky that the Vikings are the next team in their division, because I think the Vikings will choke it away down the stretch. Yeah. The yeah, Vikings will still be the wild card team, but I don't don't think they'll take the division from the Packers. I just Kirk Cousins played out of his mind since we told we said he was trash, which I still think there's trash in him though. Yeah, no, it's, it's the dark side I sense in him. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins is still that guy. Like you're just kind of waiting for him to play out his contract at this point. If he, <laughs> if you know, if he leads this team and doesn't take a step off and makes them competitive in the playoffs and maybe even wins a game, I will take back saying get rid of him right on the spot. I still won't. I said you have to get rid of him earlier in the season. I said bench him in like week three. So that's why I'm saying like the way he's playing now, you let him finish the season and then go from there. After watching my fantasy team flounder because he didn't throw the ball to Stephon Diggs. Well, now you're just being oddly biased for no reason. I will 100% be biased because Stephon Diggs didn't deserve that. Yeah, even though he's had like 18-point games for you since hey, in the last doesn't few. matter. Stephon Diggs did not deserve that shafting he, that was given to him by Kirk Cousins. And since then, he is basically taking the shaft out and be like, here you go, here's a bunch of catches and yards and touchdowns. And he, that, he's had like 2,000 yards called back from penalties. That's true. So you'll the offensive line for that one. Well, speaking of guys who get yardage and who have been shafted. Well, this narrows it down. Frank Gore. The top five running back of all time, not just by stats, but anyone who actually watched him play. Absolutely. Guy came, came, out, came into the pros with a knee injury. Well, mate, two knee injuries, technically. Two of them, yeah. Like, yeah. He came in with brittle knees and was expected to be out by the time he's 27. Yep. He is 50 right now and still balling. <laughs> yeah. Just passed, what, Barry for number three on the all-time list. And he's not that far behind Emmett Smith and those other guys. I mean, if he yeah. played three years, he could catch him. If he played three years at full health and got consistent carries. Yeah, he's, you know, and honestly, he's exactly what Buffalo needs. He's a guy that you can give it to to go right up the middle get you the yardage you need to bumble, stumble, and rumble around and take some hits off of Josh Allen and off their new rookie running back. I can't even think of his name. Devin Singletary, I think it is. Yeah, and you know, and to be the guy that just wears down a, a defensive line. And he is that guy, and he's done that better than anybody in his career. And, and that's uh, not including when he was a shifty mofo in his early years in San Francisco. And that's not even including his pass protection skills, too, that he's acquired over the years. I mean, Frank Gore spent some time in Indy. I liked him even though he, that was probably the worst stretch of his career. With this offensive line, India has come back to Indy. Let get the go ahead and pass Emma Smith because behind that offensive line, you'll get five yards a clip. Yeah, and just think about the teams Frank Gore's played for over the last couple of years: the Bills, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Colts. When you think of running games and that's over not the even last, the- that's not including yeah the late years in San Francisco. Like over the last what ten years, if you think of a running game, you're like okay, not I'm not counting the Dolphins because who's been there. Not counting the Bills because, well, they ruined Shady and they ruined this guy and that guy and this guy. And the Colts, they haven't been good in a running game since Edwin James and Joseph Adai. 
And even, yeah, basically once Joseph Adai kind of wore out. And those were the bad Colts teams that had killed Andrew Luck, basically, too. And he came in there right as Andrew Luck's injuries piled up in that 2015, 2016, 2017 era. Yeah. I mean, he... Out of all of his games with the Colts, I think more than half of them, you're missing your franchise quarterback. Yeah, and, and here he is, passing Barry Sanders for most all-time yardage. And people still have the audacity to say he's not a Hall of Fame running back. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. If you're top five in anything besides interceptions, you're a top five Hall of Famer. If you're top five in interceptions, you better not be playing anymore. Unless you're Brett Favre, the one anomaly who can get first ballot Hall of Famer with all those picks. That's because he also... <laughs> every, other, every other passing step. Exactly. <laughs> so, Frank Gore, first bout Hall of Famer, in my opinion, keeps it going. I'd love to somehow see him play three more years and get that all-time rushing yards list because some people still don't think he's a damn Hall of Famer. I, I Honestly, I would hate to see him pass Emmett just because, obviously, I'm biased. I love, I, that was The year Emmett passed the record is one of the years that I really started following football. And so that was kind of the moment where I'm like, as a cow, as a growing Cowboys fan, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, he just—he's an all-time record holder." Oh man, but records are made to be broken. So if there's a guy that's gonna break it, I'm cool with it being Frank Gore because I'm okay. I like me some Frank Gore. And he did it the dirty way too, constantly with different teams, different coordinators, different quarterbacks. He didn't change a beat. No, and, and he adapts. He's probably one of the most adaptable running backs to ever play the game. You know, because he, he didn't play in one system his whole career. He could play I formation power O. He could play stretch zone read. He could play op- quarterback option. He could play the one cut and go. Hell, he's taking shotgun snaps now and just going like. Yeah, like he's he's taking wildcat snaps in his career and he's done well. Like, you name it, the dude can do it. Um, maybe don't run him on a halfback toss anymore, but like you know, he's got this still. I think he, he might have revolutionized the counter run play though. I, I do think in the, those days in the 49ers, him and that counter run was just filthy especially when you had that that last year with Kaepernick or that first year with Kaepernick when you if he keeps it on the counter and Kaepernick's running front side mm-hmm. gave you something special there so oh, it was dirty. Frank Gore first bout Hall of Famer no arguments here no that's 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 high low sports approved right there stamp yeah we're gonna get that stamp of approval sound right now <laughs> but no yeah so that I mean I think that kind of does it do you have anything else you want to talk about that's pretty much it just get Amari Cooper the ball Dak I mean and actually you know what Kellen Moore and Jason Garrett find a way to get Amari Cooper the ball don't just say, hey, go be Stephon Gilmore on an island. You need, like, Randy Moss or prime Marvin Harrison, guys like that to do that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll give Dak credit. He threw Randall Cobb a couple times this, this game, finally. You Sometimes know, for better, other times for worse. <laughs> it took him forever, but, yeah. I don't know. Amari's first game as a pro that he's held catchless. No, he's had a couple before is what they said, too. No, he's never been held catchless without, throughout the whole game. This is his first time he has not recorded a single catch. Weird. Well, yep. either way, yeah, Dak, get him the ball. Find a way. Yep. Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore, scheme him open. Help a guy out. Yeah, do something, guys. I mean, he's he's number one receiver, probably your second best player on that offense. Not That's not a lineman. And, you know. And he's about to be let walk this offseason for, yeah. to re-sign Dak to a $50 million a year deal. Absolutely. Um, on that note, fire Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Just, just fire, burn him. Maybe burn the Jerry's Palace while you're at it. Who cares about that place? Maybe sell it in pieces and, and recoup the money to buy the team. I don't care. Cowboys fans. Ugh. Anyway, that's all I got today. Just the NFL season's winding down. It's exciting. College football's at its peak. FCS does it right. BCS Division One take a page. Yeah, seriously. Rivalry week. It should be fun. If Oregon wins out, get them in the damn playoff. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, just, I'm sticking to that. If they don't get in, I'll be pissed about it on this podcast in a few weeks. Yeah, I might not be totally pissed. Depends on what happens in the SC Championship game. 
Depends. Yeah, I don't care if Georgia wins and LSU loses. Whoever loses that one needs to be taken out. But oh, and and, and oh, and by the way, in random sports knowledge, uh, War Eagle Eight is now or yeah, War Eagle Eight now is in existence for Auburn. They just retired the previous War Eagle, which was seven. It was a Golden Eagle. Uh, new New Eagle's name is Aurea, A U R E A. So, yay, War Eagle. Yeah, on that note, we're all signed off. I had nothing else to say, so that's it. <laughs> that's it for this edition of High Low Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.